0: The greatest show on earth has been and gone and we are back to the grind of everyday triathlon life. But we have got a bucket of stuff to get through from Tokyo. All the winners, the losers, the runners and riders, even the odd camera boat that decided to get in the way just to spice things up. So if you've been missing your regular dose of triathlon related fun and games, look no further than episode 20 of Try Me A River welcome back my friends it's been way too long but what a phenomenal month of triathlon it has been not only tokyo but primarily tokyo the olympics and all the triathlon that that involved was just beyond what we could have hoped for so many people in contention, unpredictable events, outrageous weather. It was just amazing. It had absolutely everything. So we're going to dissect that. I'll also touch on last weekend's World Series final races and make you aware about our new Olympic and World Champions because before this week, nobody in history, male or female, had ever held both the World Championship title and Olympic title in the same year and then this week it has now happened twice it is old news both the male and female world champion also won at the Olympics in the individual events so we'll get to that but let's take a dive pardon the pun into what went on in Tokyo beginning with the men's event so just to get it out of the way the results First, Christian Blumenfeld, second, Alex Yee, third, Hayden Wilde. We will get into them in slightly more detail in a few minutes, but we can't begin anywhere other than the camera boat fiasco. What was going on there? None of us have ever seen anything like it before. If you weren't watching the race, or if you haven't yet gone onto YouTube to check out the highlights, it was incredible. Staggering, but incredible. All the athletes had lined up on the starting pontoon in order. The camera boat was slowly working its way along the line, taking in the nervous expressions on their faces, watching people adjusting their goggles. And halfway along the line, you heard a starter's gun go off in the distance and half the field dived in. Meanwhile, the camera boat is still sat in front of half the field and quickly puts on the afterburners and drives off as quick as possible with swimmers diving in underneath it. The most dangerous thing you could possibly do because on these huge ribs that they use as the camera boats. Underneath the surface what you can't see on the camera is the gigantic propellers churning and churning and churning, especially when you drive it off at speed. So half the field were at massive risk of losing limbs. Like this could have been a complete bloodbath. Now. I know that there was a bit of a time difference because of the morning start in Tokyo so the event only kicked off at 10, half 10 in the evening for us watching in the UK so thankfully it was post watershed if anybody was to have lost limbs. We're going to need a bigger boat. It was funny listening to the reaction of some of the athletes afterwards as well. So Hayden Wilde from New Zealand, who actually went on to win the bronze medal, said after the race, I thought to myself, I've had a blinder of a start here. Then I realised that it was because hardly anyone else was around me and I felt pretty gutted about that. He then went on to say that he made a bit of a positive out of it, saying it was good to stretch his arms out a bit after hanging around for 25 minutes before the start. Not everyone. Came out of it so well, they said on TV, no injuries, no casualties at all. However, Australian triathlete Jake Birtwistle was kicked during that false start and suffered a broken nose. He said afterwards, it was one of the roughest swims I've been in. It was a foot to my face. It might even have been in the false start. So that turned out being all for nothing as well. Even with a broken nose, Jake went on to finish 16th, which is no mean feat. When you've had a foot in the face before the race has even started. Then, next big talking point before we get onto the racing the Norwegian kits. So, Christian Blumenfeld, who won and clearly took all the column inches after the race, did so wearing a reverse Superman style outfit, completely see through, apart from a black area in the shape of a pair of Y fronts. And it wasn't just him, it was the other Norwegian male athletes, it was Lottie Miller in the female event, uh, including a little black strip across her chest as well. But apart from just enough black fabric to preserve their modesty, the Norwegians were racing in see-through gear. It might as well have been cling film. It was the most outrageous thing I think I've ever seen a sports person wear. The Spanish kit as well wasn't too far off it either. They didn't have the black undergarments on display. But I imagine if the likes of Mario Mola or Javier Gomez had finished slightly higher up the field, we'd have been chatting about them as well. So I don't know if there was any science behind this, if the fabric was lighter Surely you can have light fabric that you don't see through. Maybe it was just one way of playing mind games with the opposition. A good way of maintaining a bit of distance with the cyclists chasing behind you when you've got your back end sticking in their face and nothing is being left to the imagination. Next thing I want to touch on is our very own Alex Yi. Lived up to the hype. He just looks so effortless when he runs. He never looks tired, even when he's going at 110%. Now, in my previous episode, I predicted before the race that if Alex was in the front pack at the start of the run, he would win. I was confident of that. And he was in the front pack at the start of the run and controlled things beautifully until about two kilometres to go. And I was so convinced that he had it in the bag. I was calling my dad in to watch it with me. I was saying, this is amazing. We're going to have a British champion, but not one of the Brownlees, like a new force in British triathlon, which, to be fair, Alex Yee is. But I did not anticipate what Christian Blumenfeld had up his sleeve in the last one or two kilometres. So Christian Blumenfeld, big blue, sprinted the last kilometre in what is effectively a new Olympic event. The 1K sprint. Like his last kilometre, which included him slowing down, coming up to the line when he realised he'd won, was 2 minutes and 30 seconds. Let me repeat that for you. His last kilometre, from the 1 kilometre to go sign, his last kilometre was 2 minutes 30. If you multiply that up, that is is 5 kilometre pace. If he could hold that pace, that is. And for that 1 kilometre, that is quicker than 5k world record pace for a track five kilometre race. So Joshua Cheptegei's 5,000 metre track world record pace, Christian Blumenfeld was going faster than that for the last kilometre of running, 1,000 metres of running, at the end of an Olympic triathlon. That is fast. And is it any wonder, one, that he won the race going like that, and two... That he vomited his guts out as soon as he crossed the finish line. Then I just chundered everywhere. I was like, have that nature, one nil. It was funny, the cameras clearly weren't expecting it. They were hanging around for Yee to come over the line, so they were zooming in on Blumenfeld lying on the ground, wrapped in the finishing tape, when suddenly just his breakfast goes everywhere on the blue carpet. You know, Norway have got some frightening talent at the moment, if you think about it. So Christian Blumenfeld, who not only demolished the field at the end of that Olympic race, but also has since then, at the weekend, won the World Series. But it's not just him. Karsten Warholm demolished the world record in the 400 metre hurdles at the Olympics in possibly the most impressive athletic feat of the Games. Jakob Ingebrigtsen finally completed his life journey up to this point to become the best 1,500 metre runner in the world, taking apart an incredible field of athletes at the age of only 20 years old. Then you've got Erling Haaland, who is one of the most feared and sought-after footballers on the planet and may well change hands in the next year or two for something in the region of £150 million. For goodness sake, they even won the men's beach volleyball. How many beaches can there actually be in Norway? It's ridiculous and that's not to mention the country's dominance in the Winter Olympics where they have topped the medal table at the last two Winter Olympic Games. All from Norway, all supremely talented and still so young and Blumenfeld is just another one from that long, long production line. So I've mentioned Christian who came first, Alex who came second and then Hayden Wilde with a really solid bronze putting it to Yi and Blumenfeld right to the very end. I don't want to overlook Johnny Brownlee though, great stuff from Johnny, he just didn't quite have the run sharpness at the very end, but was very much in contention on the swim and the bike, just sadly couldn't quite hold it together in the run. But 5th is very very commendable. For your 3 Olympic individual appearances, taking place over a 10 year period, coming 3rd then 2nd then 5th, deserves immense respect, 3 top 5 finishes over that period of time. He is so consistently strong. And this is after so many people had written him off. He beat massive names to finish top five in that race. So huge kudos to Johnny. And there is more on Johnny very soon when we chat about the mixed relay race. So I will get to that. One last story to touch on. I wish I didn't have to. On a bit of a sad note, there was one anti-doping violation in the men's race. And that was from Russian athlete Igor Polyansky. I know what you're thinking... Russian athlete test positive in doping scandal. Come on, tell me the other story, Stephen. The sky is blue. The Pope is Catholic. But Poliansky was found to have had an out-of-competition test done on July the 21st in Vladivostok in Russia, where I assume he was training. This returned an adverse finding for genetically engineered erythropoietin, or EPO, and as such he has been suspended. And it wasn't just Polyansky on the men's side of things. There was also Yulia Yelostratova from Ukraine on the women's side. She also was caught up in a bit of a doping scandal post-Games. Let me just look her up here so I get the details right. Yes, here we go. So again, another adverse finding for EPO in a sample and this was taken from Yulia Yelostratova in Tokyo on July the 23rd my birthday just uh, if you want to stick that in your diary for next year however Yelostratova, yes she was found to definitely have this in her sample she was then not allowed to compete in the race so because this finding was uncovered before the race took place, she missed out on taking part in the women's individual triathlon. Her test was relating to a sample from the 23rd. She was then suspended on the 25th, which was just two days before the race itself. So she had competed in the 2008, 2012 and 2016 Olympics, but she didn't get the chance to compete here because she might well have been cheating. Thankfully, it wasn't all like that. You're always going to get one or two people who try and chance their arm and work their way around the system. In the women's race, there were so many things to celebrate, so let's push Yellow Stratofit to the side and get into the thick of the women's action. So, the podium. In reverse order. Third place, bronze medal, went to Katie Zafires, Silver medal went to Team GB's Georgia Taylor-Brown. And the winner was the supreme, Flora Duffy from Bermuda. Flora was the obvious bet beforehand, even though I thought with my prediction in the last episode I would go for a surprise winner. I think I said Maya Kingma. I knew Flora would be in the hunt. And she just was so strong, so powerful, so untouchable in that run at the end of the race. And since then, there has been an amazing video doing the rounds online in the past week where... Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg are talking about Flora Duffy's win at the Olympics. It's brilliant. It involves Snoop Dogg, clearly not knowing much about the world of triathlon, saying that Flora was always going to win because Bermuda is where the Bermuda Triangle is from and triangles and triathlons are almost the same thing. So there was only ever going to be one winner. Brilliant clip. Go and look it up if you haven't seen it already. But yeah, what about Georgia Taylor-Brown and her incredible silver? with an outstanding run. And yes, George's performance was amazing. But I did wonder afterwards, would she have won a medal without Jess Learmonth's insanely fast swim, wiping out so many of the big players? If you watch the race in full, you would see that George's teammate, Jess Learmonth, took it out on the swim. She's long been known as one of the best swimmers in women's triathlon. But her swim alone, with her ploughing ahead at the front, took out Maya Kingma, Rachel Clammer, Nicholas Spearig, Taylor Nibb, took them all out of contention, and they never got back on. Jess's swim paved the way for Georgia Taylor-Brown to get that silver. So to put Jess's swim into context, her 18 minutes 24 was well over a minute quicker than Nicholas Spearig's 19.32. Jess put over a minute into someone, like Nicholas Bierig and that takes some doing. She cut through the water like a jet ski. Or should I say, a Jess ski. Maybe that should be her new nickname from now on, actually. But phenomenal swim and completely paved the way for Georgia to take her silver. Then we also had Katie Zaferes showing her class to take bronze. She was the 2019 WTS world champion, so she wasn't a surprise in that sense. But some people have been saying with Katie, Zafirez 32 and Flora Duffy 33, there were questions about whether they still had enough in the tank to compete with the youngsters who were 10 years younger than them. But those questions were conclusively answered. It was a phenomenal show of strength from Katie to stick with the swim and hold off that chasing pack on both the bike and run. So, rattling through some of the other homegrown athletes from GB and Ireland, Jess Learmonth, a.k.a. Jess Ski, finished 9th. Vicky Holland came 13th. And Dr. Carolyn Hayes, from Ireland, came home in 23rd, finishing strong with a brilliant sub-35 minute 10k. However, one thing that I really want to touch on, and it was just one of the most inspiring moments of the whole Olympic Games, triathlon or otherwise... When the Norwegian Lottie Miller went up to Claire Michel, who was the final finisher over the line, and Lottie got down on her knees and told Claire Michel, who was crying her eyes out, that she was a fighter. Come on, we're a f-ing fighter yeah. And she was a fighter. Claire got to the end ahead of 21 other athletes who didn't even finish the race, so she was a hundred percent right lotta when she went up to her and said that but it was such a great clip so heartwarming and another clip if you haven't seen it go and look it up lotta miller claire michelle at the end of the women's triathlon oh just a real tug on the heartstrings but it was so good to see once they cross the finish line they've gone through the pain together they want to congratulate one another they're doing it as a big team and they see that there is more to olympic competition than simply grabbing the medals to take on with you then finally the mixed relay the new kid on the block in terms of triathlon events at the olympics and it was outstanding entertainment i don't think i've enjoyed watching a triathlon event as much as i enjoyed watching the tokyo mixed relay in years so each country if you want a quick rundown of what it involved had four competitors. So you needed to have two males and two females, which interestingly is why Norway couldn't take part because they only had one female on their Norwegian squad in the shape of Lotte Miller. So the likes of Christian Blumenfeldt, um, Gustav Iden, Kasper Storns couldn't compete in the mixed relay because sadly they didn't have a second female competitor to join their team. In the end, it was a really fantastic race that changed hands in terms of the main runners and riders on a couple of occasions. Team GB ended up winning, with USA in second and France in third. Some of the highlights of this mixed relay involved, well, for a start, the flying changeovers, where... One athlete would come in, tag their friend, and they would run off and leap like a salmon into the water off the end of the pontoon. It was just so good to watch. There was so much going on at any one time. Other things, though, that really stood out. Vincent-Louise from France went on a ridiculous chase that nearly got gold for France. Just would have been so unexpected, but he hunted Alex Yi down to the point where he took over on the bike, going over the blue carpet at the end of one of the loops, but in working so hard to get onto Alex Yee's tail, he burnt himself out a little bit and eventually fizzled away and dropped down to third. But it was worth it. It was a gamble to get gold, ended up resulting in a bronze for France, but it was brilliant to watch. Another big highlight was Johnny, our very own Johnny Brownlee, completing the full set. And in his own words... Yeah, uh, Olympics have completed it. <laughs> uh, I've been waiting for that one. Olympics completed it. A bronze medal in London 2012, silver medal in Rio 2016 and now in the mixed relay event in Tokyo 2020 or 2021, whatever we're calling it these days, a gold medal in the mixed relay. So he's got the full set. What a hero. His brother doesn't even have that. It's worth mentioning Morgan Pearson from Team USA who won a brilliant silver with his anchor leg. In the year that his brother sadly died, And not only that, Morgan Pearson won that fantastic silver after the disappointment of having to take a time penalty in the individual race that scuppered his chances there. But here, what a race format. So exciting. There were other little bits and pieces... That made it even more interesting. So South Africa dropped out before the race even started following Henry Schumann's injury in the individual event. And that meant that Richard Murray, who chose to only compete in the mixed relay due to his recent diagnosis of atrial fibrillation, didn't actually get to compete at the Olympic Games at all. So again, it makes you wonder, could South Africa have picked someone else for the individual race? I thought so all along. It was a gamble picking Richard Murray given his health issues. And it didn't pay off. He seems okay though, um, going by his own YouTube channel Output and by the Village Triathlon, as he calls it, that he did a couple of days later and shared on his channel. It's worth a watch and it's really good to see him smiling despite the disappointment of the past few weeks for him. And a shout out too to his wife, Rachel Clammer, for not one but two fourth-placed finishes. Some might argue that fourth is the worst possible place you could finish because you don't get your hands on a medal. But there's no shame whatsoever in Rachel Klammer finishing fourth in both the individual and relay events with her Dutch teammates at the Olympic Games. Fair play to you, Rachel. That is hard work. Two top fours at the Olympic Games. Respect. And before we leave Tokyo, can I just have a moment to brag about how nearly perfect my predictions were for the men's race? Here's what I said before the race on the last episode of the podcast. Here's a little snippet from episode 19. Oh, I've changed this a few times, even just today, but I'm going to go for bronze medal to Martin Van Riel, silver medal to our very own Alex Yee, and I'm going to say gold goes to Christian Blumenfeld. So I didn't get a one, two, three, but Van Riel, my prediction for third, came fourth. So I think I can take a little bit of pride on my one, two, three picks coming first, second and fourth. No? Not convinced? Ah well. And the less said about my women's predictions, the better, because they were not close in the slightest. Moving on. The year of triathlon does not end with the closing ceremony of the Olympic Games in Tokyo, because... There are two more things. One of those things has happened. And I will touch on it very briefly now. That was the World Series final in Edmonton at the weekend just past, Where the races were won on the men's side by Christian Blumenfeld to take the title. So he is now world and Olympic champion. An immense achievement. And on the women's side, the race was won on Saturday by the American Taylor Nib. And that put her onto the podium. But the overall World Series was taken by the wonderful, the queen, Flora Duffy. So not only Christian, but also Flora have become world champions and Olympic champions in the same year for the first time ever in both the male and female disciplines. Incredible achievements, big, big respect to both of them. And then secondly, the other thing I want to touch on, and this is something I'm even more excited about, arguably more excited about this than I was about the Olympic Games, if I'm being really honest. The Paralympic Games in Tokyo are coming up this week. The opening ceremony is only a day or so away. It all kicks off on the 24th of August officially, which is this Tuesday. And the main events, which I know you'll be following, are the paratriathlon races. There are eight different categories for you to feast your eyes upon, and they all happen next weekend. So that is the weekend of Saturday the 28th of August and Sunday the 29th of August. Some of the big names who will be taking part in that have been on this podcast before. So look out for our friends. The likes of Claire Cashmore from Great Britain. Yetsa Platt from the Netherlands. George Peasgood from Team GB. Melissa Stockwell from America. All competing at the Paralympics. All worth watching out for and all really in with a big chance of winning medals. So we'll be following them closely and don't you worry. I will keep you posted on all the updates from Tokyo because great sporting action has not left the Japanese shores yet. We still have two weeks of amazing sporting action coming from Tokyo for the Paralympics and in my opinion, and probably your opinion too, the main course will be next weekend when the tri events take off. So look out for those. I'll be doing the same and I'll get back to you once they're done and we will see who's left an indelible mark, who has written their name in the paratriathlon history books. So I'll be back with you in a few weeks. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please do so. You can send me an email at trimeariver at gmail.com. That's T-R-I Mea river at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at TriMeAriver spelt the same way. Or you can find me on Instagram at river underscore pod. It would be great to hear from you on any of those platforms. I love hearing from you and I love chatting to you too. So that's why this has been a pleasure. I will be in touch soon, post Paralympics. Bring it on and come on, Team GB.